A definite compass for my life. The Moon Clan originated in Nampyong, near Naju, Chola Province, a town about 320 kilometers or 200 miles south of Seoul, in the southwest region of the country. My great-great-grandfather, Song Hak Moon, had three sons. The youngest of these was my great-grandfather, Jung Hyul Moon, who also had three sons, Chi Guk, Shin Guk, and Yun Guk. My grandfather, Chi Guk Moon, was the oldest of the three. Grandfather Chi Guk Moon was illiterate, as he did not attend either a modern elementary school or the traditional village school. His power of concentration was so great, however, that he was able to recite the full text of the Korean translation of Sam Kuk Zi, a popular, widely known novel about the three kingdoms in classical Chinese history, just by having listened to others read it to him. And it wasn't just Sam Kuk Zi. When he heard someone else tell an interesting story, he could memorize it, and retell it in exactly the same words. He could memorize anything after hearing it just once. My father took after him in this way. He could sing from memory the Christian hymnal consisting of more than 400 pages. Grandfather followed the last words of his father to live his life with the spirit of giving, but he was not able to maintain the family fortune. This was because his younger brother, my great-uncle Jun Cook Moon, borrowed money against the family's property and lost it all. Following this incident, members of the family went through some very hard times. But my grandfather and father never spoke ill of great-uncle Jun Cook. This was because they knew he had not lost the money by gambling or anything of that nature, Instead, he had sent the money to the provisional government of the Republic of Korea, based in Shanghai, China. In those days, 70,000 won was a large sum, and this was the amount that my great-uncle donated to the independence movement. Great-uncle Jun Guk, a graduate of Pyongyang Seminary and a minister, was an intellectual who was fluent in English and well-versed in Chinese studies. He served as the responsible pastor for three churches, including Dyok Hong Church and Dyok Yon Myon. He participated in the drafting of the 1919 Declaration of Independence, together with Nam Sun Kche. When it was found, however, that three of the 16 Christian leaders among the signatories were associated with Duk Hyung Church. Great uncle had his name removed from the list. Song Hyung Lee, one of the remaining signatories who worked with my great uncle in establishing the Osan School, asked great uncle Jun Guk to take care of all his affairs in case the independence movement failed and he died at the hands of the Japanese colonial authorities. On returning to our hometown, great-uncle Jun Cook 
printed thousands of Korean flags and handed them out to the people who poured into the streets to shout their support for Korean independence. He was arrested on March the 8th as he led a demonstration on the hill behind a Po Myung administrative office. The demonstration in support of independence was attended by the principal faculty and some 2,000 students of Osan School, some 3,000 Christians and some 4,000 other residents of the area. He was given a two-year prison sentence and was imprisoned in Yui Ju Prison. The following year, he was released as part of a special pardon. Even after his release, he could never stay long in one place because of severe persecution by the Japanese police, and he was always on the run. He carried a large scar where the Japanese police had tortured him by stabbing him with a bamboo spear and carving out a piece of his flesh. He was speared in the legs and in the side of his ribs, but he said that he never gave in. When the Japanese found they couldn't break him, they offered him a position of county chief if he would pledge to stop participating in the independence movement. His response was to rebuke the Japanese in a loud voice. Do you think I would take on a position and work for you thieves? When I was about seven or eight years old, great uncle Yun Guk was staying in our home for a short time and some members of the Korean Independence Army came to see him. They were low on funds and had travelled by night on foot through a heavy snowfall to reach our house. My father covered the heads of us children with a sleeping quilt so that we would not be awakened. I was already wide awake and lay there under the quilt, my eyes wide open, listening as best I could to the sounds of the adults talking. Though it was late, my mother killed a chicken and boiled some noodles to serve to the independence fighters. To this day, I cannot forget the words that I heard great uncle Jun Guk speak as I lay there under the quilt, holding my breath in excitement. Even if you die, he said, you will die for the sake of your country, and you will be blessed. He continued, right now we can see only darkness before us, but the bright morning is sure to come. Because of the effects of torture, he did not have full use of his body, but his voice resonated with strength. I also remember thinking to myself then, why did such a wonderful person as great-uncle have to go to prison? If only we were stronger than Japan, this wouldn't have happened. Great-uncle Yung-guk continued to roam about the country, avoiding persecution by the Japanese police, and it was not until 1966, while I was in Seoul, that I received news of him again. Great-uncle appeared in a dream to one of my younger cousins and told him, I am buried in Yongsong, Kangwon province. We went to the address he gave in the dream and found that he had passed away nine years before that. We found only a grave mound covered with weeds. I had his remains reburied at Paju, Kyongji 
province near Seoul. In the years following Korea's liberation from Japan in 1945, communists in North Korea killed Christian ministers and independence fighters indiscriminately. Great-uncle Jun Guk, fearing his presence might cause harm to the family, escaped the communists by crossing south over the 38th parallel and settling in Jongseon. No one in our family was aware of this. He supported himself in that remote mountain, valley, by selling calligraphy brushes. Later, we were told that he set up a traditional village school where he taught Chinese classics. According to some of his former students, he often enjoyed spontaneously composing poems in Chinese characters. His students transcribed and preserved some 130 of these, including the following. South-North Peace Ten years have passed since I left home to come south. The flow of time speeds my hair to turn white. I would return north, but how can I? What was intended as a short sojourn has been prolonged. Wearing the long-sleeve koja hemp clothing of summer, I fan myself with a silk fan and consider what the autumn will bring. Peace between south and north draws near, children waiting under the eaves. You needn't worry so much. Though separated from his family and living in Yangsong, a land unfamiliar to him in every way, great-uncle Jun Guk's heart was filled with concerns for his country. Great-uncle also left this, this poetic verse. When setting your goal in the beginning, pledge yourself to a high standard. Don't allow yourself even the least bit of private desire. My great-uncle's contribution to the independence movement were posthumously recognized by the Republic of Korean government in 1977 with a presidential award and in 1990 with the Order of Merit for National Foundation. Even now, I sometimes recite his poetic verses. They are infused with his steadfast love for his country even in the face of extreme adversity. Recently, as I have grown older, I think about great-uncle Jun Guk. More often, each phrase of his poetry expressed his heart of concern for his country penetrates into my heart. I have taught our members the song Dehan Jiriga, the song of Korean geography whose words were written by great-uncle Jun Guk himself. I enjoy singing this song with our members. When I sing this song from Mount Beku to Mount Hala, I feel relieved of my burdens. Song of Korean Geography The peninsula of Korea in the east, positioned among three countries, North, the wide plains of Manchuria. East, the deep and blue East Sea. South, a sea of many islands. West, the deep yellow sea. Food in the seas on three sides. 
our treasure of all species of fish. Mighty Mount Baekdu stands it on the north, providing water to the rivers of Amarok and Tuman. Flowing into seas east and west, marking a clear border with the Soviets, Mount Kumgang shines bright in the centre. Preserve for the world, pride of Korea, Mount Hala rises above the blue South Sea, a landmark for fishermen at sea. Four plains, Daedong, Hanang, Jonggang, and Yongju, give our people food and clothing. Four mines, Wonsan, Sunan, Gaechon, and Jiaryong, give us treasures of the earth. Four cities, Kyongsong, Pyongyang, Deju, and Kaesung, shine over the land. Four ports, Busan, Wansan, Mokpo, and Incheon, welcome foreign ships. Railroads spread out from Kyongsong. Connecting the two main lines, Kyongyui and Kyongbu, branch lines, Kyongwon and Honam, run north and south, covering the peninsula. Our cities tell us our history. Pyongyang, 2,000-year-old city of Dangun, Kaesung capital, Koryo, Kyongsong, 500-year-old capital of Choson, Gyeongju, 2,000 years of Silla culture, shines, origin of Hyok, Kasyo, Chungsong has Buyo, the historic capital of Pekche. Sons of Korea, pioneering the future. The waves of civilization wash against our shores. Come out of the hills and march forward in strength to the world of the future. <laughs>